What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 362 on Now You Know. Thank you to Babbel for sponsoring this episode. Babbel is one of the top language learning apps in the world. So I've been a Babbel user for quite some time now, and I really like that it pushes me to always be learning something new. Another lesson I love is writing lessons. I'm from Florence, io blank di Firenze, and so I have to figure out what I'm supposed to put there. I am from Florence. And actually in this moment, I can't remember what I'm supposed to put there. Let's see. Let me try something. Nope, wrong, show the answer. Io sono di Firenze. And it speaks it to me so that I can get that right. Let's try another one. He is from Milan. Louis di Milano at Leicester Flank. Let's try that. Correct. Louis A. di Milano. So it's not just telling me with written words. It's also telling me with speaking. And that's the way I like to learn. Because again, I took Italian for seven years in high school. I think in the first two weeks of Babel, I learned more than I learned in six years in high school. Self-improvement is so important. Babbel is scientifically proven to help you start speaking a new language in three weeks. Its simple, bite-sized lessons give you the confidence to speak a new language wherever you go. The intuitive lessons help you learn a language through real-life conversations and connect with the world. I like how the lessons prepare you to have practical conversations about travel, business, relationships, and more. Some of the key points that set Babbel apart from the others is that lessons are designed by real language teachers. Babbel also offers live classes. Get two free classes with your subscription. Plus, Babbel has a few different subscriptions to choose from, including a lifetime subscription, and offers a 20-day money-back guarantee. With just 15 minutes a day, you can start speaking a new language. It's easy to fit in a lesson when it works for you and your schedule. Try Babbel and see how far a quick 15-minute lesson will get you speaking a new language. And if you click the link in the description or scan the QR code on the screen, you'll get 60% off on your subscription. So this is what it looked like in 2019 when Tesla's CFO Deepak Ahuja stepped down. And now Tesla's master of coin has stepped down. Elon posted on X, I would like to thank Zach Kirkhorn for his many contributions to Tesla over the course of 13 often difficult years. Much appreciated and best wishes for the next stage of his career. Holmar's catalog said, sounds like he got a job offer somewhere else he couldn't say no to. Elon said, 13 years is a long tour of duty. Zach will spend time with friends and family, then do something else. So Zach, who is now 39, had been working at Tesla since he was 26 years old. Yeah, Zach had been the chief financial officer and master of coin at Tesla since March of 2019. For that, he was the VP of finance. And before that, he was the senior director of finance. Zach was succeeded on August 4th by Tesla's chief accounting officer, Vaibhav Tanija. According to Tesla, prior to his appointment as CFO, Mr. Tanija, who's 45, served as Tesla's chief accounting officer since March of 2019, as corporate controller from May of 2018, and as a Assistant corporate controller between February of 2017 and May of 2018. Mr. Tunisia served in various finance and accounting roles at Solar City Corporation from March of 2016. Prior to that, Mr. Tunisia was employed at PricewaterhouseCoopers in both India and the U.S. between July of 1999 and March of 2016. So Zachary Kirkhorn is going to stay on until the end of the year to make sure that the transition is seamless. And I think here Zachary Kirkhorn probably wants to enjoy his life. Uh, he owns about 193,000 shares of Tesla which is about $47 million. Today. Today. It's going to be worth more <laughs> later, probably. He's 39 years old. He's been working his butt off for the past 13 years at a company that probably worked him really hard. Mm -hmm. So good for him. I think he saw Tesla through really tough times. And I mean, look where they are today. 
I think that a lot of what we've been seeing with gigafactories being built and all this planning and and success that Tesla has seen, it can be attributed largely to Zachary Kirkhorn. Yeah. And I just want to say personally, um, good job and uh have a, have a good time off and, and uh, good luck in your future endeavors. Now, I think if you guys have been watching for a while, you might have heard me mention that we belong to a VPP, a virtual power plant. Yeah, it's run by Connected Solutions. Basically, what we do is we allow our utility, National Grid, to control our four power walls so that during peak demand in the summer and in the winter, they can use power stored in our batteries to help supply our neighbors with needed power rather than having to fire up gas peaker plants. This is worth a lot to the grid because think about this for a second. If only a few houses in our neighborhood need more power than the grid can give them, the grid would rather not fire up a gas powered peaker plant that can cost a lot of money. Nope, 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 nope. Wouldn't it be cheaper if we can just use some of Zach's extra power? And so that's what they do and they pay us for that. Now, do we notice anything different? No, there's no brownouts for us, no blackouts for us, no disruption at all. Quietly, our power walls just pump some extra power out to our neighbors. We never notice a thing. Except we can see what's going on with the Tesla app because it shows us how much is coming in for the solar panels and how much we're using and how much they're using. And you can see that there are now over 1,000 households on this VPP here in New England. VPPs are becoming one of Tesla's hidden superpowers because Tesla makes, uh, what? Power walls. I got the power! There's already over half a million power walls out there in the world, so it's easy for Tesla to start using those in VPPs. Case in point, this week, Tesla just announced a partnership with Energy Hub to build the largest virtual power plant in the Northeast United States. So basically the same VPP that we're on is now going to be expanding. Right. Tesla Powerwall owners with or without solar can participate if they belong to National Grid's Massachusetts territories, Rhode Island Energy, Eversource Massachusetts and Connecticut territories, and Cape Light Compact's Massachusetts territories. So Energy Hub says that Powerwall owners can expect to make up to $1,500 per year, depending on the size of the battery and the state where they live. And from what I've seen, that's just from June through September. So only the summer months. If they start using this like they do for us during the winter months as well, there's a whole new opportunity to make even more money. And this isn't just pennies that we're talking about. No, like they said, you can earn up to $1,500 a year. We've seen members in some states like Texas and California getting like $5 a kilowatt hour. I am super excited about this. I think as more and more people begin to join these programs and see how valuable batteries are, they'll start to understand microgrids better and understand that having solar on your roof and batteries in your house actually makes the grid more stable and allows you to become part of the renewable energy solution. So we don't need to just build giant solar farms, wind farms, and battery projects. Individually, we can add our resources to the grid and become a virtual power plant. And this is really exciting stuff that we've been talking about here for years. And now it's super exciting to see this become more and more real. And speaking of power walls, if you live in the UK and Australia, Tesla Owners UK just said 350 pound rebate on Powerwall installs from today. And TechAU said Tesla Powerwall just got $750 cheaper in Australia thanks to a new rebate. So if you live in those two places, it's just more of a reason to uh, think about getting a Powerwall. Hey, and if you like our show, it really helps spread it to other people by hitting the like button. If you don't do that, then YouTube just goes, meh, let's not show it to anybody. So for those of you following at home, here's a quick update on that climate change nonprofit, the Chesapeake Climate Action Network that we've been talking about this summer, who's raffling some really cool electric vehicles. The drawing is almost here. Repeat, the drawing is almost here. If you want a chance to win a Tesla Model X Plaid or a Rivian SUV or the Rivian R1T truck or a Lucid Air Grand Touring, well, you've got barely a week to enter and tickets are going fast. As a bonus, you get to help the Chesapeake Climate Action Network, one of the most dynamic groups that fight for clean energy nationwide. So go buy a ticket at evraffle.org right now. And if you've already bought one, consider buying another. And oh yes, the prizes are amazing. Not only can you win a Rivian R1T or R1S, but the nonprofit throws in lifetime free charging. Who does that? And of course, the Lucid Air Grand Touring has an awesome 500 mile battery. No more than 5,500 total tickets will be sold. The best odds we've seen for an EV raffle. Again, visit evraffle.org. Tickets are just $200 and they're going fast. So visit evraffle.org today and help save our climate. 
and maybe win a cool car. So take a look at the upgraded version 4 superchargers at Giga Berlin and the new solar roof. Thank you to Tobias Lind for this awesome drone videography. Definitely go check out his YouTube channel if you haven't already. You can see how big the version 4s are. Here's an electrician working on one for scale. 18 version 4 superchargers, and it looks like about 240 solar panels. That's what I counted. So let's say a 75 kilowatt system, maybe 600 kilowatt hours a day. That's enough to charge like 20 Model Ys halfway per day. Yeah. Not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, it's so cool to see how fast Tesla is building. We just reported on this a few weeks ago. It feels like it was just a plan and an approved permit at that point. Now it's real. Also, you can see the new rail stop being built. It looks like it's almost done. This is so fun to watch. It's like city skylines. I urge you to go watch it because, um, you know, Tobias sets up the drone for a few minutes at each point. And so a little time lapse. Yeah, and you can just see people moving around doing stuff. So Giga Berlin has already hit 5,000 vehicles per week and is in the middle of the second phase of expansion with work being done to like the fire brigade building. The temporary waste area and the container handling area. Yeah, it's just so much fun to watch Tobias and uh, like Joe Tegmeyer over at Giga Texas to see all this work being done like while they're putting out the cars. It's just amazing. Well, speaking of Giga factories, this week a Mexican news outlet obtained information that Tesla was breaking ground on something just outside of Monterey. Um, I hate to be a buzzkill, Jess, but you're telling me that one backhoe is gonna build Giga Mexico? Well, apparently this is just the start of a new highway exit that is going to service Giga Mexico. So where's this exactly? Well, I put my GeoGuessr skills to the test and I think I pinpointed exactly where we're talking about. It's about a mile up the peripheral ring from Monterey in Santa Catarina. Okay, so if this is the location of the Gigafactory, I see that it's right next to a substation. So maybe power will not be an issue, but it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> will it even have a rail connection? So I did a little poking around and I did find a rail line which terminates on the other side of the highway, um, which is quite a ways up that highway, but maybe two or three miles away. Huh. I mean, it might be it. I just have my doubts. I don't know if I believe you that this is the site, though. I still feel like there would be more than one backhoe. It's well, yeah, it's hard going from like seeing Giga Berlin where there's like just thousands of people. And then you come down to, to Mexico and there's like one but but I guess I didn't believe it when I saw Giga Shanghai was a watermelon uh, farm and then, I don't know, just seemed like months later it was a factory. So, yeah, I guess they're going to transform it. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, too, they can't wait too much longer to start building. I mean, they, they said that they wanted to yeah, kind of no. basically begin building by the end of the year. And, you know, I don't know if anyone's going to count like, oh, well, we start building the highway exit, you guys. Yeah, no, I assume that they're lining up their contractors and uh, they're going to start getting to work. I just hope there's a really cool drone pilot who lives nearby who can you know, start a YouTube channel so we can follow it. So Tesla has hired two new executives last week. First is the manufacturing executive, Michael Hildebrand, who worked for Eli Lilly. Hildebrand has been hired by Tesla to work on the continued expansion of the Gigafactory in Nevada. Yeah, earlier this year, Tesla announced we will begin investing over $3.6 billion more to continue growing Gigafactory Nevada, adding 3,000 new team members and two new factories, a 100 gigawatt hour 4680 cell factory with enough capacity to produce enough batteries for 2 million light duty vehicles annually, as well as our first high volume semi factory. So is Michael Hildebrand going to be overseeing this expansion? Well, according to Hildebrand's LinkedIn profile, he is now Tesla's, quote, head of Gigafactory Nevada Expansion Engineering and Construction. Cool. So who is the second executive that Tesla hired? Dr. Michael Schmidt from Bosch, the German manufacturing company. Dr. Schmidt now has the title of Tesla's director of operations Gigafactory. According to Schmidt's LinkedIn experience, he has worked for Bosch for almost 30 years in Germany, Mexico, China, and the US as an engineer, a plant manager, a general manager, and VP of operations with legal experience. So my guess is that he has the skills Tesla was looking for in expanding their Gigafactory presence at existing locations and upcoming locations. So often, the media reports on people who got hired away from Tesla. It's nice to keep perspective and realize that Tesla attracts some of the most talented and experienced people in the world to work for them. Yeah, Tesla's goal is to get to 20 million EVs per year by 2030. That's an order of magnitude from today's production rate. And to do that, Tesla will need to continue to bring new gigafactories online. So there seems to be some continuing FUD about Tesla's China sales. Oh no, Tesla demand in China is drying up. But you see the mistake that Reuters and Bloomberg and Business Insider are making. Well, it's no mistake. 
it's intentional. They're trying to mislead. Unless they're just stupid morons. And, and I don't think they're stupid morons. No. They are Tesla fudsters. They always have been. And they continue to try to peddle their bullshit on the unsuspecting public. First, they use the tried and true technique of comparing, in this case, July to June. And secondly, they're using sales and delivery numbers instead of production numbers. So all of us in the Tesla community who watch this stuff know that Tesla focuses on exporting cars from Giga Shanghai to other markets like Australia, Korea, Singapore, Japan, New Zealand, etc. in the beginning of the quarter, aka July. There were less Teslas sold and delivered in China in July because Tesla was exporting most of the cars that were made in China in July to those other markets to not China. Exactly. What Business Insider, Bloomberg and Reuters could have done was report on how many cars Tesla produced at Gigafactory in July compared to other months. But that wouldn't have given the desired effect because, well, just look at the numbers. Tesla has been pretty steady, especially this year. They made 20 less cars in July than in June. I'd hardly call that a slump. The mass media doesn't want you to know what's really going on with Tesla. They want you worried, scared, fearful, doubtful. And what better way to do that than twist the facts whenever they can? But that's why you have us. We'll keep focused on what's really going on and reporting independent news to you every week, like we've been doing for 362 weeks in a row. Now you know. So there is a big potential EV incentive in the U.S. in the form of the federal EV tax credit and the list of which EVs are eligible changes. So we thought we'd give you a quick update. You may want to pause the video here so you can double check. Uh, the fifth column is where it shows the credit amount. Right, because you can either get no credit or $7,500 in credit or half the credit, $3,750. Um, I'd like to point out what's missing from this list. Mm -hmm. No Polestars. No Kias, no Hyundais, no BMW BVs, no Mercedes-Benz, and Rivians only get half the credit. You can go to the IRS webpage, fueleconomy.gov, to find the updated list of eligible EVs, or you can search for the EV you're interested in in their search bar. Again, this is so confusing because of all of the new IRA regulations about, you know, where is the battery made and where is the car made and how much does it cost and all that kind of stuff. So it it is a lot to keep track of. I feel like most people are only going to kind of start to keep track of this stuff when they're looking to buy an EV. Right. Um, but when you are, you want to know this information. So Tesla just posted a new job opening for a, quote, senior engineering program manager data center role. The listing says this role will lead the end to end design and engineering of Tesla's first of its kind data centers and will be one of the key members of the factory engineering team. First of its kind data centers. What do they mean? Well, Elon's been learning a lot more about data centers since he bought Twitter and moved in last October to Twitter headquarters. X, Twitter, obviously uses a lot of data and data is not cheap, both in terms of data center costs. Uh, by 2030, global spending on data center construction is forecast to reach $49 billion. And in terms of energy, worldwide data centers in 2022 consumed about 300 terawatt hours of energy. That's more than 1% of global electricity demand. According to CloudScene, as of 2021, there were almost 8,000 data centers worldwide. So Tesla has to handle a lot of data with a growing fleet of over 4 million cars. Tesla could sub this out to companies like Microsoft Azure or Amazon AWS, but it seems that Tesla is ready to bring this in-house. And I want to talk about this more on Investor Club bonus story this week. So join us on Patreon, support the show, and get access to our Investor Club. Time now for Cybertruck Roundup. Yeehaw! The Cybertruck Roundup. Electrek reported on a Cybertruck spotted broken down by the side of the road on Interstate 280 at the El Monte exit in Los Altos Hills. It has a camouflage wrap, so it appears to be a release candidate out for testing. When Wayne spotted it, it didn't have a cover on it yet, but the Tesla employee driving it returned and covered it while awaiting towing. Okay, so release candidates mean it's not final production, right? They are expected to kind of break down because you're testing them, you're pushing them hard. And so this gives the manufacturer data about how to engineer them better. Another question could be like, were they doing a too empty range test? Mm. You know, doing a range test to see when it really stops running. I just want to say though, Tesla, you're putting these very recognizable cars out there into the world. Like you can camouflage them all you want, but we know what it is. I feel like you should have 
some follow cars and someone to stay with the car when it does break down so that, um, well, this doesn't happen. So you're not saying like follow it with the tow truck. You just mean no. some guy who's going to be like, oh, please, yeah. please step back. Right. That's all you have to do. Because, I mean, look, the same person, Wayne, who took the photos of the Cybertruck uh, also got underneath. Good for you, Wayne, and took pictures of the suspension. So, again, this is a prototype Cybertruck, so the actual suspension may vary. But uh, take a look at this. Like Tesla is using anti-roll bar. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a hydraulic system like Rivian has. And then take a look at those guards around the axle shafts. That's uh, a lot of people pointed out. That's a really cool feature. I'm not like a big expert in suspension. A lot of these parts are made probably differently than they're going to make them when they're in final production. But it is cool to see the suspension. Next, we're going to check out this Cybertruck that was spotted at night. Wow. We get a good look at the brake lights and, yeah. and the blinker. Yeah. So, I mean, this might be what the brake lights and the blinker look like. Every now and then it hits me. <laughs> I, I just got hit right there. I don't know why. Then I'm like, <laughs> we're talking about the Cybertruck. It's Cybertruck. actually real. It's yeah. coming soon. Then, in case th that wasn't exciting enough, we got this video of a Cybertruck in a trailer. Did somebody steal the Cybertruck? I know. I it looks like a barn find or something. Like, it's all <laughs> dusty. And it's. it looks like it was... Like, did it come back from the past? Was it sitting in this trailer for a long time? Like, in Back to the Future? Preparing here for 70 years, two months and 13 days. Astounding. That's how it works. Yeah. Really cool. And so we have to talk about these wheels. Um, lots of people are saying that these are the premium wheels and they have these like weird rings on them. Is that where you'd snap on a cover? Yeah. I mean, that must be with the cover off and then you snap the cover on there. Um, but then wait a minute. Look at this picture. Mm -hmm. This one looks like it's the same wheel, but without the rings. So that would mean that, could that be? the rings are on top of a, just a wheel and that there isn't a cover. I don't know what those rings are for on the wheel itself. Hmm. Next up is another night clip. Um, this is a different Cybertruck. This time it has a digital wrap camouflage. So they're really doubling down on the camouflage look. <laughs> that um, truck is having some serious trouble keeping up. And next we have the Tesla semi-truck pulling a Cybertruck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then we go from seeing a Cybertruck being towed to towing. Wait, wait a minute. Why is there snow on the ground in Texas? Did it just snow? No, no, no. This is from, it is not snowing <laughs> in Texas. Uh, this is from Tesla's winter testing lab in uh, right. New Zealand. And finally, let's take a look at some Cybertrucks inside Giga Texas. Wow. So does this mean that they're starting to produce them on the line? I don't know. I think that because these aren't on the line itself, it's pretty hard to say that these are full production versions versus, you know, something that was hand built probably in that room. Or frankly, that these aren't the exact same trucks that we saw in this room last week. Right. I mean, I think that we saw maybe those trucks, mm. but on the inside, these videos were captured by uh, Joe Tegmeyer. Wow. It's getting super exciting. And if you're as excited as we are, head on over to our sponsor, Cybertruck Owners Club. There you can talk about Cybertrucks until you are blue in the face. Um, and you're going to find the reservation tracker. It's going to help you figure out where you are in line. Uh, a lot of people are like, I'm from Wisconsin and I saw a person in Wisconsin. So I think that's me. It could be you. It's so exciting. Uh, yeah, head on over there and uh, see where you are in line. Solar generators, as they're called, or basically biggish batteries, are becoming more and more popular as prices drop, features get added, and people actually start to experience the convenience of having them. <laughs> biggish batteries? That's what you'd rather people call them? No, but I mean, solar generator just seems misleading. Hmm. Uh, but we talk about all of that on our latest review of this, the All Powers S2000 battery and 400 watt solar panel kit over on our Now Let's Review channel. That's the channel where we bring you reviews on everything from e-bikes to biggish batteries. We test them. We tell you all about the meaningful features and stats because we use these products all the time. We realize that many of these products are big purchases, and we think that it's important for you to know what you're getting before you buy it. So the All Powers S2000 and Solar Panel Kit is really cool. There are so many use cases. Often manufacturers show you like camping use case, which is definitely fun. Um, it's, you know, one of those uses. But also as a contractor, I think biggish batteries are an indispensable tool that every tradesperson should have. Even homeowners who work on their own houses or DIY projects. I mean, since we started reviewing batteries, I have found new use cases like every week. Like, for instance, you're mowing the lawn and you want to have your Bluetooth headphones on while you mow, but your cell phone battery is getting dangerously low. 
Just bring your battery outside and charge up while you mow so you can stay within Bluetooth range. Or how about that electrical wiring job we did the other day in the shop? We needed to shut off all the circuits to be able to safely work on the electrical panel, but we had no grid power. The All Powers battery came to the rescue. We could plug in a light in our drill and keep working safely. So go check out Nowlet's review and see if we can't help you to be better informed with your next purchase. We reported on the Cadillac Celestique last week, the high-end luxury handmade EV starting at $340,000. Now Cadillac has unveiled their all-electric version of the Escalade in New York City, the Cadillac Escalade IQ. Get it? IQ is the suffix of the lyric and the celestique. So they really like the eek. <laughs> eek. Okay, great. So let's get into some specs. First of all, the Cadillac Escalade IQ will be able to do vehicle to home, V2H, just like the Ford Lightning. And just like the Celestique, the Escalade will have a 55-inch LED display that goes from pillar to pillar. There's a cantilevered center console that'll even have a cooler accessory to keep your drink cold. The rear seats will have HDMI connections, plus rear displays with access to the internet, and the rear center touchscreen gives passengers climate control and the ability to automatically open and close the doors. I hope you can shut that off for the kids. Uh, there will be an optional AKG 40 speaker system with 360-degree surround sound. How do you fit 40 speakers into a car? Well, it will have 212 cubic feet of cargo volume in the cabin, so I guess they didn't fill it completely with speakers, and a 12.2 cubic foot e-trunk for additional cargo space. I'm assuming they mean the frunk. Right. The Escalade will have independent front and rear suspension and a dual motor system for all-wheel drive along with four-wheel steering. So the turning diameter will be just 39.4 feet, which GM President Mark Roos says is actually shorter than some sedans. And with this four-wheel steering, the Escalade will be able to perform what they call arrival mode, which is Cadillac's version of crab walk, so you can diagonally drive it at slow speeds to get in and out of tight spots. It's going to have GM's Magnetic Ride Control 4.0 with adaptive air suspension, which should isolate passengers from undesirable road conditions while providing precise steering and feel. Here's a little video of it. And Escalade owners will be able to raise the SUV an inch or lower it two inches for enhanced capabilities in low ride mode. But let's get to the serious stats here, okay? Okay, sure. It's going to have a 200 kilowatt hour battery built on the Ultium platform for an estimated range of up to 450 miles or 724 kilometers, up to 750 horsepower in velocity max mode with torque of 785 pound feet. That'll give it a zero to 60 in under five seconds. It'll have 800 volt DC fast charging. So they claim up to 100 miles of range in 10 minutes of charging. It'll have eight thousand pounds of towing capacity the escalade iq will come with vehicle to home standard but vehicle to load will be available as an add-on super, <laughs> super cruise and four-wheel steering will come standard but i know what you've been waiting for and that is the price right uh-huh. Well, the price will start at $130,000. That's $15,000 more than the starting price of the high-end gas version of the Escalade ESV. $130,000. Well, hey, they've finally made a Model X competitor. <laughs> well, not made. They will make if it has all those features. <laughs> right. I mean, cool. You've packed everything you can possibly... What else, hey, what else we got in there? How many what? more speakers? Hey, what if the center console's a cooler? That's f***ing great. Uh, that's cool. I'll, I'll be honest. They they put every cool thing they could put in it. I want all of that in here. Why do you and need then they, HDMI connectors in the back? I don't know. You're going <laughs> to... Is that to plug in your laptop and then you have a big screen? Maybe. I mean, that's cool. Cool. I guess. <laughs> I like it. That's great. I mean, finally, instead of it being like, well, it's kind of a crappy, but it's cheapish, not cheaper than a Model 3. At least they're like, well, it's going to cost a lot of fucking money. You are not going to be able to afford this, but know, it's cool. I don't know if they're going to make any profit Our on brand, it. Uh, honestly, their brand is going to be the thing that's going to benefit from this more than anything else. All right, so we just talked about the Escalade IQ's upcoming vehicle to home feature. I say upcoming because first you have to wait for GM to unlock the feature on the software side, but also they need to release the proper inverter that you'll have to buy separately and install in your house. Yeah, this isn't simple plug and play stuff, unfortunately. So the GM lineup that will get V to H is now the Silverado, the Sierra Denali, the Chevy Blazer, the Equinox, the Lyric, the upcoming Escalade IQ, and the upcoming Cadillac Celestique. 
but a new marketing video from GM, they mention EV coupes. Many people are conjecturing that GM will launch an electric Corvette. Well, because GM President Mark Roos said in April, we will offer an electrified and fully electric Ultium-based Corvette in the future. Hmm. I wonder what that means. <laughs> but others are thinking that this coupe could be an electric Camaro. Right, because Scott Bell, GM's VP of Global Chevrolet, said after retiring the current generation Camaro, quote, while we are not announcing an immediate successor today, rest assured this is not the end of Camaro's story. Hmm. Or this could be some new high-end Cadillac coupe model. What do you think? The coupeek. Coopy coopy. I'm kind of thinking that GM needs to use every brand they have. I mean, they already dusted off the Equinox and the Blazer, not exactly super popular brands. So I think GM is definitely going to electrify the Corvette and the Camaro, but they better do it soon. If they wait till later this decade, there probably won't be a GM left to build them. Yeah, it'll be when a Chinese company buys GM and like Geely did with Polestar. And so it'll be the GM Chevy Corvette by BYD. The race is on, baby. You're talking about the EV sales figures from Germany, right? Correct. Take a look at this chart of sales data January through July of this year in Germany. Volkswagen edged out Tesla to take the number one spot with 41,475 registrations versus Tesla's 40,289. This is according to data from Automobile Walk. Interesting. Yeah, the ID4 and the ID5 GTX made up most of the registrations with 22,405. The smaller VW ID3 made the next grouping of 13,647. The E-Up had 2,900 registrations and the ID Buzz actually started selling with 2,279 delivered in Germany. And this is fair. Tesla has multiple models as well. So, you know, the Model Y sold the most in Germany with 29,829, followed by the Model 3 with 9,045, the Model S with 885, and the Model X with 494. So do you think that this is indicative of what is to come? Is VW going to continue to beat out Tesla in Germany? Well, remember what the former CEO of VW, Martin Winterkorn, said back in 2010. 2010. He said the goal is to become the market leader in e-mobility by the year 2018. So they're only five years late. Good job, VW. And to be fair, maybe VW would have been the leader if they hadn't gotten caught under Wintercorn's leadership in the VW Dieselgate scandal and had to pay $39 billion in damages. But I think that now that Tesla has Giga Berlin and is actually making their cars in Germany, it's going to be harder and harder for German auto companies like BMW, VW, Mercedes-Benz to market their cars as the only German cars. I mean, yes, Tesla is an American company, but I feel like the lines are getting blurred when your Model Y is actually made in Germany. I also think that many of these VW sales are going to loyal VW customers who have been waiting for these models to come out. As more and more people get to experience the efficiency, safety, sheer driving pleasure of Tesla, and the word spreads, not to mention the autonomy and not to mention the more profitable margins that Tesla has, I don't see how German auto companies are going to be able to compete. But what do you think? Will VW be able to repeat this for the rest of the year? Let us know down below in the comments. So next up, we have our friend Will from the YouTube channel Tesla Jigsaw reporting for us on the ULEZ in London. Check it out. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Will here from Tesla Jigsaw. I thought you might like to know about this. London is expanding its world-first ultra-low emission zone, or ULEZ, to cover all of Greater London. This means that older, higher-polluting vehicles will pay a tax, or fine, of £12.50 a day to enter these zones. The vast majority of vehicles won't be affected at all. Petrol cars built after 2006 and diesels after 2016 all meet the ULEZ standard, so it really is aimed at getting the most polluty, worst-offending vehicles off the roads. Obviously, electric vehicles are more than welcome. This hasn't gone down too well with some residents who are already struggling with the UK's cost of living crisis. However, there is a scrappage scheme available to people who meet certain criteria, which can give anything from £1,000 to £5,000 towards a ULEZ compliant vehicle. According to the World Health Organisation guidance, every outer London borough exceeds the safe limit for toxic air particles. Supposedly, 4,000 Londoners die prematurely each year due to the toxic air, and 500,000 Londoners, half of which are children, are living with asthma and are more vulnerable to the impacts of air pollution. Delaying by even a year puts thousands more Londoners at risk of having their lives cut short. That's why London Mayor Sadiq Khan of the Labour Party has said they can't afford to wait any longer to implement this. So great news if you enjoy breathing in London. Is this the future for other towns and cities around the world? Back to you in the studio, now you know. 
Thank you, Will. So we're talking about diesels older than 2016 and petrol cars older than 2006. And then there's the scrapping program, right, where you get a real incentive to go EV. Uh, and it costs you, what, £12.50 a day to drive in this zone. So a real incentive not to do that. Mm. And I assume that this is going to get stricter and stricter. I hope so. Anyway, thank you so much, Will. Hopefully we'll see Will here more often. Um, and go check out his YouTube channel. It's really cool. It's Tesla Jigsaw. So check out GM's latest EV. Whoa, that looks pretty good. What, what's it called? It's called the Baozhan Cloud. Hmm, that's a pretty weird name. Well, it's being made by GM's Chinese subsidiary, Baozhan. It, it starts at just a little over $13,000. Wow. Okay. So what are the specs? Well, the smaller battery model is 37.9 kilowatt hours for a range of 223 miles or the larger battery, 50.6 kilowatt hours for a range of 285 miles. Wow. Those ranges sound pretty good, actually. Well, it's because they're more likely too good to be true. This is, after all, the CLTC range. So more likely we're talking about 180 to 230 miles, respectively. Still not a bad little car for the price. Yeah. And check out the interior. Look at those seats. I guess that's why it's called the cloud. Okay, but now my question is, this is being sold in China only, right? Yeah. Um, but don't you think this car could be sold in the US? I mean, the styling, the size, the battery range, all yes from my perspective, especially the price. Although I think it's probably lacking in safety in the way that regulators are going to go along with. Okay, but if GM spent a little bit more to make this car less of a death trap, uh, do you think it would sell in the US? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that this is more attractive than most of GM's lineup, gas or electric. Yeah, no, I mean, the price is like a winner. I mean, even if you raised it by $5,000. Yeah, if, you, if this were an $18,000 car, I feel like it would be a huge seller. Totally. So remember how a bunch of Nikola electric trucks caught fire last month and Nikola blamed it on arson. And remember how we said it didn't look like arson to us. Well, Nikola Motor just put out this post that says, as part of our commitment to thorough and transparent communication, Nikola released this preliminary results of the battery pack investigation received yesterday afternoon. Read more here. You don't have to read it. We did. Turns out it wasn't arson. Instead, according to Nikola's own report, it was leaking coolant lines inside the battery packs. And as a result, Nikola has issued a recall for all 209 trucks affected and is suspending sales. Nikola said the trucks can remain in operation, but told customers to place the main battery disconnect switch into the on position at all times to enable real-time vehicle monitoring and safety systems operation and considering parking trucks outside to allow for over-the-air updates and better connectivity with Fleet Command, Nikola's truck monitoring system. Yeah, park them outside. Just for It's just for better connectivity. It's not because if they catch on fire, it might burn down your building. No, it's just it's so it can connect to the cloud. This Clouds is, are outside. This is so reminiscent of the Chevy Bolt fire problem. Park them outside. Well, at least they weren't like, well, the only reason to park it outside is because of uh, connectivity. They didn't. They weren't lying when, when Chevy did that. They were like, well, it might catch on fire. Here's the thing. Nikola bought a company, Romeo Power. Their only job is to make battery packs. They don't make the cells. They just make the packs, right? So they bought this company to make the packs. They make the packs that leak. And what doesn't get along with lithium? Oh, liquid. Hey, if you want to share a story you've seen on Tesla Time News, but you don't want to share the whole one-hour episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel. Separate channel where we chop them into bite-sized clips that you can easily share. Next up, we have Ellie from the Ellie in Space YouTube channel with what's been happening this week in space news. Hey, Zach and Jesse, Ellie in Space here, and here's a look at some SpaceX headlines from the past week. Booster 9 had a static fire test, and this is a really important milestone as we gear up for the second orbital test flight. However, the static fire test wasn't perfect. SpaceX ignited the 33 engines on Booster 9. However, the test didn't run for the full duration. It ended after 2.74 seconds, so this was not meeting their expected five second duration. And four of the rocket's main 33 engines shut down prematurely. Now keep in mind, SpaceX is working on an improved Raptor 3 engine, but for now we are working with Raptor 2 engines. The good news is ever since the first historical flight of Starship on 420, SpaceX has been hard at work making improvements, including to the water suppression system, which appeared to work very well. And I should also throw in there that SpaceX is celebrating breaking the record for a launch pad turnaround. A SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket launched from Cape Canaveral, Florida on August 6th, carrying 22 more second-generation Starlink satellites into orbit, 
And this led to them breaking a record for launch pad turnaround time. This Falcon 9 lifted off three days, 21 hours, and 41 minutes since the previous Falcon 9 mission from SpaceX's Space Launch Complex 40 launch pad at Cape Canaveral. I hope that you enjoyed this news update and I look forward to seeing you in the next video. Again, I'm Ellie in Space. I run a YouTube channel that covers mostly SpaceX and Tesla related news. So if you're interested, come check me out. Thank you so much, Ellie. Yeah, Ellie came out and visited us last week um, and her interview with us is up on her YouTube channel. We'll put the link down below. You should definitely check that out. Ellie provides great coverage of SpaceX and Tesla in her videos. We're looking forward to working together. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends Ed Henson. And uh, again, this week, wonderful shave. Yeah, if you're wondering, I mean, he's holding a Henson shaver. It's his favorite object, I think, on the planet, and, other uh, than his Model 3. You can get 100 free blades when you use our code. I am still... We've been doing these ads for a long time. I am still on my box of 100 blades. That's awesome. BMW just released their first bulletproof electric sedan, the i7 Protection. BMW has been making attack resistant cars for 45 years, but this is their first electric version. It's built on the i7 platform that includes features like a self-supporting body structure with armor steel, including under armor, roof armor, armored glass to protect it from firearms and explosives. So what can it protect the occupants from? BMW i7 protection features class VR9 protection. Okay, but what does that mean? Well, there are different levels. Um, here are some of them here. VR9 is uh, up to 7.6 NATO bullets with a velocity of 930 meters per second. So that's some pretty serious firepower. Uh, so will this protect the occupants from like drones and hand grenades? Uh, according to the classification, yes. So I see there's no word from BMW on pricing yet, but it is a heavy vehicle. It's weighing in at 8,122 pounds. That's a thousand pounds heavier than our Rivian R1T. And I see that you can also customize the car with fresh air supply system, fire extinguishing system, flashing lights, radios, and even flagpoles. The car will debut at the IIA Mobility 2023 and start deliveries in December. Um, it's not that quick, zero to 60 in nine seconds, and it's rather slow. The top speed is only 99 miles an hour. I don't know about you, but I think I'd rather be in Sparky. I mean, it's not bulletproof, but like I can get out of situations real quickly. Right, but I don't really think that you could take an AK-47 to Sparky and expect to walk away. But I feel away. like I could drive faster than the bullets. You, uh, know? you can't. <laughs> you can't. All right, it's time for Going Green. Introducing the GM Involve. Meet the first ever Chevy Blazer EV Police Pursuit Package. The GM Chevy Blazer PPV. You know, GM and Ford are really smart to have dedicated sales teams for police departments. I can see a lot of police departments feeling really comfortable going with the Chevy Blazer EV. Um, now, what does the Pursuit package have? The Chevy Blazer EV PPV has a certified cop speedometer, heavy duty cop suspension, underbody cop skid plates, 20 inch steel cop wheels with Firestone Firehawk cop pursuit tires, six piston Brembo front cop brakes with 15.3 inch cop rotors, 400 volt all-wheel drive, 498 horsepower cop Altium powertrain, 105 kilowatt hour cop battery with 250 miles of cop range. You can exit the vehicle with the cop key fob and the car will go into arm protection idle. It's a cop thing. It'll stay on but can't be stolen by perps. The PPV's got cop front seats especially made for cop duty belts. You can charge the Blazer PPV at 80 amp charging for 52 miles of cop range per hour or DC fast charge it at 190 kilowatts for 141 miles of range in 30 cop minutes. There's 100 amps of electrical power for all your cop features like cop lights and cop computers and you can idle with all the cop stuff on for 20 to 50 hours. There's even a covert surveillance mode for when you need to be a stealthy cop. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't think they're all cop. No, they're all, I watched the video. <laughs> it's the guys from Detroit. Uh, he has the cop voice. It's perfect. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Tesla should really get, they should hire some guys from Detroit. I totally agree. That used to work at Ford yep. and GM. They should have a cop department because that's all you need is a nice video with a cop. And then at the end of their video, they have cops who say like, I love this car. I think that they should hire actors who play cops on TV. Oh, yes. I think you should get. Comment down below which cop actors they should hire. Like, what do you think? Like Chuck Norris. 
Um, newer ones. Newer who's, ones. Who's the guy who's on? He was never on, a cop. Was he a cop? I don't know. He was always fighting bad guys. He was a Texas Ranger or something. He's a Ranger. He? Yeah, but we want cops. Okay. Well, uh, what about the guy who's always? He always wears a cowboy hat. He's a really good actor, but he always seems to play these AMC TV shows where he's like a cow. He's like has a cowboy hat and he's a he's either a detective or a police officer. You know what I mean? Or is it oh, was TNT? He, was he in? Um, was he in the Shield? No, not that. But yeah, My, Michael Chiklis from the Shield. The Shield. <laughs> I, it would work. It would, it would work. work. It would work. That would be so Tesla if they hired these off-brand cops, like the ones that are bad cops. Right, the anti-hero yes. cops. Yeah, <laughs> the ones that are on the take. <laughs> Not the ones that are on the take. The ones that are, you know, Michael Chiklis. He was so, on the take. He well. Yeah, but he, but he was, was one of the best he cops. Was one of the best he cops. was. He was a loose cannon. Yes, that's loose cannon cops. <laughs> loose cannon. That'd be the name of their department, <laughs> Beverly Hill Cop. Like. All right, it's time for sunspots. Now to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where Singapore-based Maxion Solar Technologies just announced that they will be building a one billion dollar silicon solar factory. So this three gigawatt factory will not only be the first large scale solar factory in New Mexico, but it'll also be twice as big as the biggest solar factory in the U.S. currently. Wow. Does it come with those hot air balloons? Well, it is in Mesa del Sol. Nice place to build it. Ah, Oh, so Del Sol. I get it. Okay, so Maxion is just waiting for a loan from the Department of Energy's Title 17 Clean Energy Financing Program. Correct. As Bill Mulligan, Maxion CEO, said, the Inflation Reduction Act has catalyzed a new chapter in America's energy transition. Our new solar cell and panel facility in New Mexico is an ambitious and concrete response to the need to decarbonize the U.S. economy while creating permanent, highly skilled local manufacturing and engineering jobs. And we're talking about 1,800 jobs. And again, you may not be a fan of big federal spending programs, but there is no argument that without the IRA, this factory would probably be built in places like Mexico, Malaysia, and the Philippines, all places where Maxion currently has solar factories. By building this factory here in the U.S., Maxion gets to take advantage of federal tax incentives. Not to mention lower shipping costs and no import tariffs. Not to mention that we get three gigawatts of solar panels which is going to continue to drop the price of solar gigawatts every year it's not I, like the, it's not like you just build three no, gigawatts once, and then right. you're done it's every year and look if you're confused about what to put on your house but you want to go solar talk to our friends at energy pal they know about all the solar panels which are the most efficient which are the cheapest which are going to be best for you to get your biggest return on investment they're free talk to them their link is down below and tell them that zach and jesse sent you all right it's time for our video contributor stories remember we need your stories that's what makes our show so great so send them into hello at now you know channel.com make sure they're two minutes or less shoot them in landscape good audio no wind noise if you can help we got Rich from RPM News Weekly. He sent us this story about Claremont, New Hampshire, getting a Ford F-150 Lightning police vehicle. Hello, Zach and Jesse. Rich Tabor here from RPMNewsWeekly.com. Last week, our team was in Claremont, New Hampshire, for the handover of the city's first all-electric police vehicle, a 2023 Ford F-150 Lightning Pro SSV. The vehicle was donated to the city by Christian Gomes and his team at Ford of Claremont. The standard range Lighting Pro SSV delivers an estimated 240 miles of range on a full charge. The SSV specifies that the pickup is a special service vehicle edition. Gomes, a former NYPD officer, has already donated three vehicles to the department in as many years, including a Ford Police Interceptor hybrid utility vehicle and a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Claremont Police Chief Brent Wilmont admitted in his comments that he was a bit skeptical when Gomes first pitched the idea to him about putting an all-electric vehicle into service. But a little education on the benefits of an all-electric police vehicle and a quick test ride was all it took to convince the chief. When describing the performance of the Lightning Pro during his first test ride, Wilmont said that he was, quote, quite literally blown away. Ford of Claremont also covered the cost of outfitting the vehicle for service and for the installation of a level 2 charger at the police station. It goes to show how a little education and a lot of generosity can help move us toward a more sustainable future. Now you know. That is so cool that someone donated the vehicles, and that's pretty much the only reason why the police chief was going to do it, mm. And but also getting butts and seats. Get your police chief to come with you for a ride in your EV, whatever it is, Tesla, mm. you know, Ford F-150. Show them what these trucks and cars can do, and I bet they'll be much more excited about buying an EV next time. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. We've got so much good stuff over there, but you can only see it 
if you support us on Patreon for as little as a buck a month. That's like 25 cents a week and you get to see all of our bonus stories. Plus, not to mention, this week over on Disruptive Investing, we got a cool story. Also, we've got our Investor Club bonus stories that you can only see if you're a Patreon. So go over there now. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for Elon's posts of the week. Uh, so we got Peter Diamante saying, do you think we're living in a simulation? And if we did, would it change your choices? I wouldn't change mine. Elon said, I guess I'd try to figure if there's some way to know what it's like outside of the simulation. But how do you do that? I don't know. Alex says, trust me, you haven't seen anything yet. X will be huge. X will be the number one platform. X will be the most valuable platform. Do you know why? Elon says, people have no idea yet. Chris Anderson said, Zuck versus Musk. Here's a better idea. A cage match debate. How to build an amazing future. No holds barred, except actual holds. And then he suggested himself as moderator. This is Chris from TED. And Elon said, That sounds like a good idea, too. This is really fighting, as I believe, as a noble sport. We also hope with humility to express our admiration for those who have fought before for noble causes. Then Elon tweeted out the Starship Super Heavy Booster. Zuby says, What were all those other 80% of Twitter staff doing? And Elon said, censoring the public on behalf of governments is a lot of work. Will Held says, breaking, S&P Global, one of the largest independent credit rating firms in the world, has dropped ESG scores from its debt ratings. After we exposed ESG for what it truly is, a scam used to force a political ideology onto the people. And Elon said, yay. Stephen Mark Ryan says, what is the last thing you discovered the media had lied to you or misled you about? Elon said, just the fact that the media chooses what to write about and what to ignore means that you are essentially always being misled. Chairman says, one month ago, Jim Cramer said Mark Zuckerberg killed Twitter. Inverse Cramer never fails. Elon says, looks like we might just survive after all. Elon Musk said, highly recommended the Explorers podcast for stories of exploration of many cultures over the ages. I'm currently learning about Ibn Battuta, an amazingly widely traveled Islamic explorer. AI Authority says, there's no way this guy can find the time to casually listen to podcasts. These are uploaded through Neuralink without a doubt. And Elon said, I used history podcasts on a timer to fall asleep. CNN says, amid a surge in crime in Oakland, California, police have advised residents to use air horns to alert neighbors to intruders and add security bars to their doors and windows. Daniel says, literally a third world country. Like, I cannot fully express how ineffective Oakland PD is. Elon said, this is happening in many major U.S. cities. Ian says, Nordstrom has left San Francisco along with a host of other brands citing crime. This is happening weekly. The city needs to do something about its problems or it'll turn into a ghost town once the Silicon Valley companies leave. Elon said, damn. Yashu says, never forget, Reuters reported in 2020 that the Apple car was launching in 2024 and was going to take Tesla's lunch. Elon says, Reuters and facts are not well acquainted. <laughs> Dustin says the deep state is big mad about Elon and this whole X platform thing. So Senator Bennett of Colorado introduced the Digital Platforms Commission Act, or as our policy analysis team has taken to calling it the Take X Away From Elon Act. Elon said the crazy thing is that we are the only ones to open source our algorithm. And on X, it is the community that does great fact checking, including on advertisers and me. Elon said this platform is by far the best way to reach world leaders, CEOs and the cognoscenti in general. Sam Altman, the CEO of uh, OpenAI or ClosedAI, said no one knows what happens next. Elon says time is a construct of human perception. Holmar's catalog says Tesla needs to release the latest version of FSD to everyone so more people can see how good it is. Elon says you mean 11.4.7? That should go into wide release within a week. Version 12, which is almost a total rewrite, 99% AI, is being tested by our QA drivers. Too much new code to go into the public yet, but it is mind-blowing in my opinion. Ooh, so that's the second or third time he said mind-blowing. Disclosed TV says, just in, Biden asked Congress for another $24 billion for Ukraine. Elon says, can we at least know how they will spend American tax dollars? I don't mind some corruption, but it would be nice to know roughly how many pennies on the dollar are making it to the average person in Ukraine. Doge Designer says, how was the MRI? Elon said, I spent three hours in an MRI machine on Monday. Bottom line is that my C5 slash C6 fusion is solid and not an issue. However, there is a problem with my right shoulder blade rubbing against my ribs, which requires minor surgery. Recovery will only take a few months. The Associated Press says about 49,500 people took their own lives last year in the U.S., the highest number ever, according to new government data. Bojan says, AI is not hype, at least not this time around. It's the real thing. Elon said, yeah. Elon says, who controls the meme controls the universe. And he quoted Frank the Tank Herbert, who is the author of Dune. <laughs> Elon said, I love the night. Marcus House says, check out the humans for scale. 
Elon says, Falcon 9 looks cute next to Starship and Falcon 1 looks like a high school project. <laughs> Ian says, if you can confidently lift up Zuck like a child, you got this. Elon said, I'm going to go for the WWE overhead body slam smackdown. Homar's catalog says the Zuck-Musk fight will be great. Whether Zuck or Elon wins is irrelevant. If Elon can get one good hit in on Zuck, the whole thing will be worth it. Live a little, guys. It's fun. It's funny. It's for a good cause, and it will get more people talking about Tesla, too. Elon says, been lifting hard almost every day. Need to be able to do an overhead press of around 155 pounds. He went on to say the fight will be managed by my and Zuck's foundations, not UFC. Livestream will be on this platform and meta. Everything in camera frame will be ancient Rome, so nothing modern at all. I spoke to the Prime Minister of Italy and Minister of Culture. They have agreed on an epic location. All proceeds go to veterans and pediatric hospitals in Italy. Gladiator. Everything done will pay respect to the past and present of Italy. Italy? If Zuck really wants a lesson in why there are weight categories in fighting so badly, I could just head over to his house next week and teach him a lesson he won't soon forget. And then his name is Zuck on threads? I think so. Wow, he really, good for him for <laughs> leaning into that joke. Zuck said, I love the sport and I've been ready to fight since the day Elon challenged me. If he ever agrees on an actual date, you'll hear from me. Until then, please assume anything he says has not been agreed on. Oh, okay. Elon went on to say, otherwise we will do it as soon as the arena in Italy is ready, or we could do both and consider next week just a practice session. And then Elon showed himself practicing martial arts with my sparring partner. Breaking, Elon Musk challenged Mark Zuckerberg for a practice match at his house next week. Here's the conversation between the two. Elon said, this is the full message. If you still want to do a real MMA fight, then you should train on your own and let me know when you're ready to compete. I don't want to keep hyping something that will never happen. So you should either decide you're going to do this and do it soon, or we should move on. And then Elon said, I'll be in Palo Alto on Monday. Let's fight in your octagon. I've not been practicing much apart from a brief bout with Lex Fridman today. While I think it's very unlikely, given our size difference, perhaps you are a modern day Bruce Lee and will somehow win. Ashley says Mark Zuckerberg confirms he is absolutely no fun in a painfully boring post on that other app. He said, I think we can all agree Elon isn't serious and it's time to move on. I offered a real date. Dana White offered to make this a legit competition for charity. Elon won't confirm a date, then says he needs surgery and now asks to do a practice round in my backyard instead. If Elon ever gets serious about a real date and official event, he knows how to reach me. Otherwise, time to move on. I'm going to focus on competing with people who take the sport seriously. And then Elon said, Zuck is a chicken. He can't eat at Chick-fil-A because that would be cannibalism. And then Elon said, can't wait to bang on his door tomorrow. And that's where we left off. Um, no, I mean, Zuck really is like, oh, if you can't pick an official time. And Elon's like, yeah, I'm trying to get the Coliseum booked, buddy. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, Sorry, bud. I think maybe someone's told Mark that like weight does play a big role here. Is he bulking up? You can't. Is he eating? He's like half Elon's weight. Was is he doing the uh, the Mac diet from uh, Always Sunny? Was it like <laughs> that might work? Was that it, might work? What was it? It was like, but that would slow him down. It was melted ice cream, <laughs> drinking drink it. it. <laughs> um, okay, but, but, but I mean, look, this is going to be so much fun. It's so I good know. for X, and it's so good for for Tesla. I know you guys may not think that, but it really is. It's just publicity. It's fun publicity. Is Zuck going to back out though? If if Dana White's <laughs> not involved, why is he going straight with Dana White? I don't know. I mean, like, I get it. UFC and everything and regulations. Maybe and... that'll be his guy. I don't know. I'm I'm dying to see this fight. All right. It's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. Remember to share your stories, your photos, and your videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Zahid sent us these pictures of representatives from Starlink testing out the home and enterprise versions of Starlink in Dhaka, Bangladesh. That's cool. Chris sent us this video from the grand opening of a new service center on Vancouver Island in British Columbia. Our viewer H spotted this possible Model 3 refresh while driving in San Jose, California. Morgan sent us these pictures from Rivian's first showroom to open in Canada. Christopher sent us this picture of Arkimoto at the Tesla Takeover event in San Luis Obispo, California. Sean spotted this happy Model Y at the Wickenburg, Arizona Supercharger. Christopher sent us this picture of an Aptera with the Nax port. Lars sent us these EVs he spotted around Norway. So that's the Xpeng G3, the Xpeng P7, and the BYD Tang. Our viewer L found this Model Y Hot Wheels at their local Kroger. I think we have that one on set. Oh, we do. Oh, wait. They're all back here. And Michael sent us these pictures of the next Starship and Booster projected for another launch this month. Oh, 
I want to go down there so badly for a launch. I can't wait for our solar trailer to be ready for that. All right, it's time for the EV tip of the week. And Somi shared this tip on how to correctly lock your Tesla from the inside. Okay, so I want to give this very important PSA. I think it's actually a safety issue um, because I'd like people to be aware uh, about the locking mechanisms in the car. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm inside the car now and I have my phone with me and so I'm going to lock the car. I have a friend with me it's going to open. I'm going to lock the car right here. And you, Oh, and it's locked. Okay. And so now my friend is going to come over. Where, where did she go? Oh, she's over here. Okay, she's going to try opening the door. Yeah, see, she can't open the door. So I'm going to now unlock it here. And now I'm going to um, lock on my phone. And you'll see it gives the impression that it's locked. And now she's going to come over and she's going to be able to unlock the door. So that is quite an issue because if you are sleeping in your car, car camping, you, have the ima you imagine that the car is locked when you lock from your phone. But the truth is that um, it's meant to be like, you're gonna go way over there to the store, for example, I'm at a Tesla supercharger right now, and oh, I wanna check if my car is locked. So you'll lock it remotely, that's what your phone is meant to be. Um, but then you don't wanna come back to your car after locking remotely and then find that it's locked and you have to open, you know, open your, get your app out and you have to open it through your app. So it should just open. But the thing is that the phone is nearby the car if you're already inside and you lock from here, the problem is it gives the impression that it's locked and it's actually not. So it's not safe. So if you are car camping in your Tesla, please use the lock mechanism here on the center console. That makes sure that it's locked. All right, keep safe everybody. I hope uh, this really helps, now you know. I have been camping and I did not do that correctly. Oh really? Yeah, so I mean, if you lock it the wrong way, you didn't really Your lock it. Your phone will just unlock the car. Yeah. No matter who's on the outside. Thank you so much, Somi. That's a really good tip. Safety tip. All right, it's time for supercharger reviews. Let's see what we got out there in the world. 12 brand new, I think they're level three chargers on Route 20 in a Meyer parking lot. Got restaurants within walking distance. There's a KFC, Sonic couple others and it's supposed to be open as soon as they get the electric hooked up to it and they said about two or three weeks it's on route 20 in Maumee, ohio rossford ohio just off of interstate 75 now you know it zach and jesse this is a new 12 port charging station which has 12 stars each has their own Charging system here are the first one in theory. They got seven of them. Another five over here. Eight, nine, seven, eleven, twelve. One of them is a drive forward in so that you can actually have a trader there. This is right at the casino of the Suquamish tribe. We are halfway between Parsbo and Bainbridge Island at the bridge connecting to Bainbridge Island at the north. Um, which is a 30-minute ferry ride from Seattle. I think this is a pretty good stall area for charging for people who live in the Kitsap area. If you're going back and forth um, to work in Seattle and you live out here, this is a great location to have a little break. In the casino, there are a couple of restaurants. We're on the other side of the parking from the casino here. Um, so, yeah, all together, I might give this a 7 out of 10. Tie it up. Hello, Zach and Jesse. Curtis here. I'm at the Tesla Supercharger in Mountain Village, Colorado. Uh, it's right outside of Telluride. And, and this is an eight stall. I believe I, I was getting 150 uh, kilowatts charging rate. Uh, this is a covered parking area. It's in a parking garage uh, right next to the ski resort. And there's a gondola uh, from the ski resort down to Telluride. Um, there's plenty of uh, food and drink, places to stay here on the mountain. And uh, I would give this a 10 because it's uh, there's just no convenience that you're you're short of up here. So uh, now you know. Hey, now you know, community. This is Joel at the Howe, Indiana Supercharger. It's eight stall 
Gruden 3, uh, but you are at a toll plaza, so there's no exit to go into town or anything. Inside they have a Sabaro, Dunkin' Donuts, and Popeye's Chicken, and the bathrooms are clean, so that part of it's good, but since you can't go into town and do anything else or get any other type of food or stay at a hotel or anything, I'd say it's probably only a 4 out of 10 on the Jesse scale. Now you know. And this is because of you guys. Thank mm. you so much. Every week we've got so many great folks going out there reviewing superchargers. You can do it too. You know, you don't have to be an expert. You just need a phone, basically. So go out there and review them, send them to us, and put them on our website where we have all these supercharger reviews on a map. Now you know channel.com. All right, what do we got for new superchargers in the world? It just went online. We got the eight stall in Shenzhen, China. We got the eight stall in Modesto, California. We got number 82 in Japan is the six stall in Misato, Japan. We got number 63 in Australia, the three stall in Lancelin, Western Australia. We get the eight stall in St. Jean de Marine, France. Number nine in Nebraska is the 12 stall in Omaha. Number 157 in France is the 12 stall at Deauville, France. We got the two stall 120 kilowatt in Dunhuang, China. The six stall in Tianjin in China. We got number 27 in Minnesota is the eight stall in Wilmar. Number 140 in Florida is the eight stall in Sun City Center, Florida. We got the three stall in Wuhan, China. Number 373 in California is the 15 stall at Daly City on Mission Street in California. We got the 28 stall in Las Vegas at 7400 Las Vegas Boulevard, Nevada. Number 1,790 in China is the three stall in Foshan, China. We got number 60 in North Carolina is the 12 stall in Cary. Number 24 in Finland is the 12 stall at Loja, Finland. Number 24 in Tennessee is the 12 stall in Smyrna. Number 35 in Nevada is the 16 stall in Las Vegas at West Charleston Boulevard. Number 16 in New Zealand is the 6 stall in Rotura. And number 39 in Oregon, number 1,892 in the United States, and 5,396 in the world is the 8 stall in Ontario at Southeast 10th Street, Oregon. It's right on the border of Idaho. It's like right on the line. Hmm. And thank you so much for watching, everybody. I want to give a big heartfelt thank you to Zachary Kirkhorn, Tesla's departing master of coin. Uh, you helped the Tesla ship sail straight on target for the last four years through some very rough waters. You kept a laser focus on costs while Tesla was expanding, not only three new gigafactories on three different continents, but also new businesses like Tesla Insurance. And you did all of this while the world was going through a worldwide pandemic. So we wish you could have stayed on longer, but we, of course, wish you all the best going forward. And thank you to all of our Patreons, all right? You make our work possible. As we approach our 364th episode, that will mark the beginning of our eighth year on bringing you independent weekly news. See you next week, everyone. Now you know.